Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Life Work Podcast. My name is Wendy Kay. And today's podcast episode is kind of a special one. Uh, normally, it, I usually release them on Wednesdays. I do promotions on Mondays. And uh, if you've been keeping up, you've seen that there's been a pattern of trend, right? There's a lot of topics around self-awareness, around building your career, finding joy and meaning in various parts of life and work. Um, so today, we're going to divert a little bit, right? I was introduced to this wonderful, powerful voice here, uh, Alexandra Loves. And she and I connected through Dr. Tracy Adams, uh, whom, if you remember from episode two, she was that bundle of energy and sunshine who talked about getting what you want and women finding their worth. And she, she got us both in touch and said, you are both women of color. You both have a point of view and strong voices. You should get together and talk. There's been a lot of civil unrest this week. If you've been even awake for a minute, you know, you probably would not have escaped the abundance of just all that stuff in the media and social media around the protests and both sides yelling at each other, a lot of emotions, a lot of strong feelings. And, and it's just been hard. It's been hard to focus. It's been, it's taken an emotional toll on a lot of people. And I, so I wanted to take a moment to connect with someone who has a different point of view in this. Now, Alexandra, she, she, her work is around spirit, being a spiritual guide, a spiritual coach, and a mentor, and she will tell you all about what that means. And so I want people who are listening to this to know that this is not another political take on what's happening. This is not a, hey, here's, let's, uh, you know, a discussion between two women of color on what's happening today and our point of view on what needs to be done from a political systemic point of view. This is not what this conversation is. It, it's, if that's what you're looking for, uh, you might be disappointed. I think what we're really going to touch on more today is more about the spiritual side of what's happening to take care of you and to be healing from this process. So with that, I will let uh, Alexandra introduce herself. Alexandra, it was really great to get connected with you through Tracy. Um, tell us what it means to be a spiritual coach. I will confess I've been, you know, uh, you know, uh, in the coaching kind of world for a couple years now, but I have not met somebody who does what you do. So this is a learning moment for me. Tell us what it is that you're about. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks for having me and providing a space for us to, to chat and share with people. This has been yeah. such a gentle and peaceful process, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so spiritual coaching, I, I too sort of started out uh, as a coach. I, I was love coaching, and it, I was following sort of a, a rubric of what that looks like and, and how it is. And uh, but in my own practices at home, I had uh, practices of working with my ancestors and my own sort of spiritual workings and perceptions and, and concepts that I, for some reason, was not marrying with my, with my coaching practices. Mm. And so over time, and this, this is the journey for a lot of people, is marrying all the best stuff together yeah. that, you, you know, your experiences and your skills, right? So over time, as I got my practices got, I don't know if stronger is the right word, but just, I got more consistent with my own spiritual practices and started to, you know, depart, uh, depart away from the rubric of how coaching is supposed to look like. I started marrying those two things together and realizing that, and my African elders will say this, 
every, every problem is a spiritual problem. Hmm. Whether it's physical, mental, emotional, all those problems, they're spiritual problems. And when I started to see that in myself, started perceiving my life that way, and then also when I'm working with clients, whether it's about, you know, getting over the, the ex or uh, wanting to have more purpose in life or dealing with something deeply emotional and especially now dealing with uh, whiteness and, and anti-racism, uh, it's, it always comes back to something that needs to be addressed within spirit. Hmm. I mean, after all, we are on a spiritual journey. We are, we are spirits in, in human bodies having a spiritual experience. And so how, uh, and how I do that is through one-on-one, se- the, the classic ways, through one-on-one sessions and yeah. uh, through group classes and, um, you know, working with people through, sometimes through meditation and prayer as well. Uh, but really what I'm doing is I'm helping people know who they are, mm, helping okay. them rebalance, yeah. helping them heal, opening doors for them. Yeah. Showing them that they have what they need. I never do it for them. I'm, I'm just helping them uh, connect to whatever it is they need, helping them move the obstacles, seeing, perception, reflecting. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. That's like the coach consultant part of me that is curious. So when you say you're helping people kind of find who they are, um, that sounds very much like root root stuff, right? Yeah. These, are, these are like, it's like root work, the roots of who you are. It's like root cause sure. of problems. Now, do people come to you saying that I need to work on myself and find myself or is they, do, they come, do they usually come to you with another problem and as you're working with them, you're finding that, uh-huh, you act, there's something, there, there are layers beneath that you need to start at and not here. So this is my answer to that because this is a really good question. There's this saying in fun, which is a native language in West Africa. Mm. And... I hope I'm pronouncing it right. If anybody sees this and I'm not, please correct me. It's a point. Are you alive? And uh, what I used to, one of my, the people I worked with would say, what's alive in you? And it is the best question that I think any practitioner, whether you're doing spiritual work or, or coaching can ask because ultimately whatever the problem is or the array of problems that somebody wants to work on, whatever is most alive is the thing that you, that, that you work on. When you start working on that, then it starts to affect all the other surrounding things, even the things that are seemingly not related. Mm. And so that's the way I, I interact with people in my, in my sessions is I, is I allow I allow whatever is alive in them and for them to claim it, I'll never tell them, you know, I'm not going to tell them what's alive in them. Um, it's amazing how in some sessions you'll really be zeroing in, focusing in on that subject. Mm-hmm. And then in some sessions, somebody will come with this one thing and you're, the departure seems like you just went miles away from where they started. But yeah. that's where, where, you know, we need, that's what was alive in them that it sparked us to go into this other place. And it's, and it's always it always comes full circle. It always ends up whatever is alive is helps whatever the most. The That's a, yeah, are. that can be a really powerful question. So that kind of makes me think about the readiness of the person. Are you finding that you're getting people from all 
different levels of readiness or do you need to have some level of you know either self-awareness or self emotional intelligence like is there something people need first to be to do this work or uh or is it just come as you are it's come as you are but there are layers of maturity level that matters and uh and self-awareness and in, in your ability to to listen and hear the truth and uh, self-reflect and take responsibility for yourself. And this is why I, I, I coach people on starting their online business, like people who are new coaches and yeah. newly starting either coaching or their spiritual work. And this is why I tell these people who I mentor in that when they're, when they're opening their business, starting their work to the world and they're letting people in, it's important to have sort of a tier system mm-hmm. because you'll have people who want to come work with you who just want to work with you because they think that being association with you is, is going to help. And um, they might not want to do, they, they might not be interested in really doing work outside of like talking to you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those people are people that I might not offer like a longer coaching, closer, deeper work program with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so over to when I first started, I would get sort of a mixed bag of people as I get clear in my message, as I sort of cut the fat, strip away the stuff that I don't, I don't need that I was taught to say and communicate that I don't really need to, to do anymore. It more has to do with sales and marketing than it has to do with really what's happening. As I started getting rid of that out of my system, I noticed that the, clients, the people that come to work with me are more ready mm. to engage now. Yeah. And that looks, it looks different for everybody, but they, they're ready to receive. They're, they're ready to uh, continue on whatever happens in our session to continue on that work for themselves later, or they come and take a class and they're, you know, whatever, whatever is the next, next thing. And so I would say that more, as I get clearer and more focused, so do the, the types of clients I get. Yeah. However, I'm always protected by this tiered system of anybody can come get a session with me wherever they are. If it's because they think I'm cool, then great. I mean, they're investing. The session's not different for me, but they're investing in that. And then, and then I have like a more protected area for those who are, who are really wanting to make big transformations, really wanting to, to become one with their power and really know who they are. Knowing who you are, finding out who you are is sometimes terrifying. It's worth it, but it's te- it can be terrifying. Why do you say that? Because we're conditioned, especially in this culture, I think probably many cultures, but especially here, we're conditioned to uh, comply and be small and to not trust our instincts or our intuition, to lie to ourselves, to accept crumbs, especially women. I work with mostly women. I work with men as well, but mostly women to uh, hold the weight of the world, to not ask for what we need. Mm. And when we find out who we really are, which is powerful, which is, I believe, the, the natural born leaders of, of, this, of this earth, uh, when we find out that there are experiences that... Uh, experiences and conditioning that are so deep that they seem impossible to move past, impossible to work with. 
uh, it can be terrifying. It's like, oh, I, people, this is what happens. People get, and this is what happened to me. I had realizations that, oh, I'm more, oh, I can do more. Oh, I'm powerful. And then it was like, I just watched this mountain grow in front of me. And I was like, how am I going to become this thing that I know I am? Mm. I know it. I'm not totally embodying it. How, how am I going to climb this mountain? Yeah. And so that can be terrifying for, for people. But in the end, it's like the journey. That's why we concentrate a lot on the journey. We might talk about the results, but the journey is, is the most important part. That's where you spend most of your time is the journey to the top of the mountain. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think I like that you pointed out that about the journey piece, because yeah. I think oftentimes people just want to skip through the journey to get to the end when really, if you think about the goal and the journey are, are, are the one and the same, yeah. right? Uh, it's about sure getting quote unquote there, wherever that is for you, you know, realizing who you really are or getting to that thing that you really want for your self-worth. Uh, but the way you get there is also part of that, right? Mm-hmm. No one who is a really wise person know who they are, uh, woke up one day and found that right <laughs> so and, and what you made sense uh, i mean, sorry what you said earlier about getting clear and the finding that clarity that resonates with me because to me it's like kind of like when i started uh you know thinking about starting my own side hustle or my own you know just running with this podcast you know there were so many different directions so many things i could do but it's like yeah. finding that focus helps you to be a little more um helps you to kind of get what you want, right? Yeah. And and like you said, like when you got more focus, you got the kind of client who are then more ready. So this brings me to the question. Yeah. This week has been just devastating for many people. Yeah. I mean, it started out last week, but it's just this whole week, I think I almost feel like has almost reached the peak. Fingers crossed that it doesn't get any, you know, I don't know, that things don't blow up more. Um, and it's taken a lot of, it's, it's been an emotional toll on many communities Mm -hmm. for, especially of course, for the black communities and then for communities who are supporting them. It's hard to watch. It's been hard to support. It's been hard to advocate. Um, and when I say hard to advocate, I mean, like it's, it's, it's been, it's, there's pressure all around, right? Yes. We're not sitting neutral in this. And I think even for people who, are still wrestling with what's going on, there's pressure on them too, because there's a lot of cognitive dissonance for those folks. And anytime I think when there's these major events that happen, and especially today with a digital world, you have immediately just tens of thousands of news sources of different perspectives that pop up. This person's right. This person's wrong. No, this person's wrong. No, this person's right. This perspective is more valid. No, actually, this perspective is more valid. And my pain is greater than yours. No, actually, my pain is greater. You don't see me. There are so many voices. And without having to discount any voice, but also needing to really focus and find that clarity in this cloud, in the storm, you being a spiritual coach, like how would you guide people through this? and gain some clarity. So there's, there's many ways. And I, the three ways I'm choosing to do it right now mm-hmm. is one addressing, one addressing self-care. We have to 
remember to take, we just we just have to remember to take care of ourselves. I have friends who are out in the streets, whether it's here or 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 you know in the Caribbean or in, in West Africa. I have people I have friends who are out on the streets doing the protests, and after we have our conversations, it's one of the first things I ask. Also, are you taking care of yourself? Uh-huh. This is a long haul. I pray too that it doesn't have to escalate, but the Oracle says, we're going to be at this intensity for at least another five months. Mm. So, and then it'll start to calm down a little bit after that. I don't know, but the first thing I do is, is self care. And so I offer for free, just nine minutes of breathing in the morning. I do that on my Alexandra loves Facebook page. Wow. The reason I do nine minutes is because this is how long it took to execute this man on the street. Mm. Uh, we just practice gratitude, simple breathing exercise, simple nine minutes to just concentrate on yourself. And I also do this to inspire people to pay attention to the way they're interacting with words, words or spells. So like one of the chants that's going on right now in the protest is I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. But when you have a whole bunch of people together, this is from the spiritual perspective, a whole bunch of people together, and they're saying something over and over and over again, it gains momentum. Uh, All of the entities and energy and spirits that are in agreement with what they are saying will show up. And so I understand the intention behind protest groups saying, I can't breathe. It's to have impact. It's to honor what was said during that execution, but also it, it's not a message that I can align with because of what it invites in. Mm. So I'm not going to condemn those people because I understand the intention. Sure. And I, there's grace, spiritual grace with whatever deities or energy is, is involved. But what, if it's going to come from me, I want people to be breathing. Mm. they're going to keep going to the streets they're going to use their words that have power i want it to be i can breathe and i can take care of myself and i can do something so that's that's the first thing uh the second thing is i i when i'm helping people with with finding out who they are i'm always looking towards spirit and ancestors connecting with their own spirit who they really are and ancestor ancestry work and, you know, that's not for everybody. I mean, I wish, it w- I wish everybody would do it, but it, not everybody's drawn to that. However, now more than ever, especially for those who are curious, now is the time to, to accept a cycle of life that includes your ancestors and your divine rights that come down through your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And to do, that, uh, to do that in a way that's effective, in a way in which you can uh, be more one with yourself more interactive with your power and your gifts mm-hmm. is through ancestry work is through spiritual working with your own spirit. So I teach a class and that class is coming up almost exactly a month from now into open enrollment. That's one way I do it. And I do this with clients as well. Yeah. And the most recent way, and I'll tell you, this is something I've been doing almost my entire life. But once this man was just executed recently, I hit a crossroads in which I decided I'm not doing it for free anymore. Hmm. And that is counseling white people through their uh, 
challenging their whiteness and engaging with anti-racism and understanding what's going, everything surrounding these, these, these current highly charged issues. It's something that I've just always been doing mm -hmm. and have experience and skill in. And I understand the conditioning that they're, they were also miseducated just the way the rest of us were. Mm -hmm. And in the last, especially the last year, but in the last three months, and especially the last two weeks, my inbox has been full of white people, sob stories, tears, mm -hmm. what, what can I do, uh, tagging me and stuff they shouldn't be tagging me in, just full. And I was like, oh, there's a need for this. And now it's time for me to be compensated for this. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. And I'm also, I also know that we're all in this together. When we're talking about like the spiritual perspective, perspective, we're all in this together. Yeah. There are no plans to separate, to try to figure out who's what race and separate each other out and go to our own respective places to live. There's no, uh, there, there is no people who are going to the new world who will be able to abolish one race. So it is necessary for some of us to bridge those gaps. It's not the work of everybody. It's work that I can do, but I want to be compensated for it. Yeah. So this now, so I, so I started black mentorship for white people who are ready and they're the, they're structurally the same as my other sessions, but it has this focus and yeah. people who are coming to these sessions are on all parts of their journey. Some are continuing education. Some are, some have made big, big mistakes and they want to try to correct them. Some people have never been involved in any kind of activism about justice or oppression or read a book. And that's all are welcome if you want to work on it. Uh -huh. So for me, if I'm, if I'm talking from the, the place of a spiritual uh, coach, again, it comes to, to at some point, we are in a war right now. And at some point that war has to end and who's going to be left is going to be representing all sorts of groups. Yeah. And I want to be a part of us being able to be in unity together. The only way we go into the new world and create something better is in unity. It is the only way. And I'm making connection when you talked about self-care, right? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, and with your point about needing to be compensated because it's not sustainable. And also, I mean, you're a coach. You have these, you have these skills, these, this background, this expertise. Not everyone can, in a very effective and an articulate way, talk through some of these nuanced, very nuanced topics like race and justice and, you know, civil rights and what have you. So yeah, I, I completely think that that's a valid area of where you should have a coaching model, right? And also, uh, you know, I, it was just earlier this morning, I talked to a lady who was part black, and she said, yeah, people have been asking her, you know, especially other white friends of hers, hers have asked her, well, what can we do? What can we do to help you? And part of her internal dialogue is I don't want to talk about it. You know, I don't want to talk about it uh, because I need to process and I don't want to talk about it with you. And it's nothing personal, but it's just, uh, you know, it's that part of self-care that a lot of people are needing to prioritize. It's okay. I have a lot of food. cat has to be I part know. of everything. I have two cats, so I know how it goes, <laughs> but you know, it's part of her self-care that she's, you know, 
she doesn't want to have to talk about it to people. She doesn't want to have to be the person with the answer of what to do. She's processing it. And that processing is part of her self-care. And, um, and actually, there was something that you put out a few days ago that I found really helpful. And I shared it with my sister. And it was this just really short video you put out that you said uh, um, about creating boundaries, right? Yes. And uh, I'm just going to quickly summarize it for people who are yeah. watching this. Yeah. So in this video, what I gather from what you were saying is that there are times when it's worthwhile to try to bring awareness and educate those around you. But then there are certain situations and context, and you have to be very aware of context of who those people are and what their, what, um, I guess what their intention is and in having certain conversations with you, whether it's about this, the protest, whether it's about George Floyd or anything else in your life that matters to you, you have the boundary to say, I don't want to talk about it. And people have to honor that. Right. And, uh, you know, it sounds so basic, but it's not always intuitive for people. I think a lot of people feel like out of obligation for societal, uh, niceness or needing to be amiable that they need to sit with whatever the person's bringing. Yes. You know, and I kind of, um, just a real quick example. Yes. You know, I look back, I look back at this, um, when, uh, and then I just cringed because I felt like I should have stood up for myself when, but I was young and I didn't really know where my power was in that um, yeah. situation. So I was, um, I, I was talking to somebody from my high school, um, and my high school was actually very largely Chinese, um, but we did have a large group of uh, white students too. And this was a white student whom I went to school with for a really long time. And he and his uh, girlfriend, who was also white, they were there and we were just hanging out. And I did not know this girl at the time very well. Uh, it was the first time meeting her really. And yeah. just out of nowhere, and by the way, my, my uh, heritage is Chinese. My parent, my family is Chinese. So out of nowhere, she asks me, um, why, why Japanese women don't want to leave the house. And if it's because of X, Y, Z, and I just sat there thinking, I need to come up with a good answer for this question. But looking back, it's like, huh? No, I should, I could have, you know, of course, when I was 18, 19, whenever that was, it was just like, Oh, I'm put on the spot. I got to answer, you know, yep. <laughs> because somebody asked me a question, but now if somebody asked me something ludicrous like that, I would say, uh, you probably should do your own research. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that answer. Don't really want to talk about it. So, um, but yeah, that's the, the kind of boundary that I think, you know, you talked about it in a very, you know, your video was barely two minutes, but it was just such an important lesson and takes such a long time to find that inner power and that self-awareness and that willingness to take care of yourself to find that boundary. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, we're all, yes. And I also, okay, so there's one thing I want to say, and this is one of the best practices that, that I do for myself is once I've dealt with the situation, you know, for example, in that video, I was talking about, this is a situation in which it was a work situation, which if somebody had agreements with, right. Uh, or contract with meaning that, that, uh, for those of you who are listening, it means I'm talking about agreements and contracts. It might be somebody you work with or somebody in your family. So it's not necessarily a situation where you can just like walk away or hang up, right? You're yeah. still, you have to be there, right? And so one practice that I have, it's a self-reflective practice, is 
okay, even if what has happened is absolutely not okay and um, and uh, completely offensive, I still mm-hmm. later once I've dealt with it, I still in my nightly kind of self reflection boil it down to the concept. Mm-hmm. Not all the stuff around it, not the race, not the sexism or the whatever it is. I just the concept of what happened, and what happened was somebody wanted to talk emotionally about something that I didn't want to, and I said no, and they kept going and didn't stop. Right, and so one of the practices that I do for myself is when have I done that? Do I do that? Can I do better? Mm. And so. I always encourage people when, when I started with that practice for myself and started noticing the things that I personally do that I'm not very proud of, or it's, or it's a conditioning that I'd like to get rid of or change. Then the impact of when somebody does it to me is not as uh, triggering. It's not something I carry with me or carry around with me. Yeah. It, it just, it doesn't have as much impact because I've, I've done the reflection within myself and I'm continuing to do the reflection within myself so that I, so I can allow a flow, you know, all these triggers, all of these, mm. all of these triggers and all of these things that we experience that are unwanted and, and difficult and challenging. They're always reflections of what's going on inside. And so if I can create a flow and have my own engagements and safe places with certain events and certain behaviors and certain conditionings, then I, I just, I can cycle through, I can cycle through the pain and the fears as easily as the joy and the, and the love and the fun. Yeah. There. What I'm hearing is, is uh, self-accountability. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not just about kind of saying, okay, what's happening in the environment or what are other people doing that I need to kind of set boundaries or to self-care of, but it's, mm-hmm. well, self-care t- starts with looking at yourself and being self-aware. What are some, some patterns that you are perpetuating too? So I think that's, uh, it sounds very responsible to me. Um, but I, but relating to your earlier point about discovering yourself is scary. I think this is where it's scary too. Like when yeah. I think about having to look at what are my blind spots, where are, areas where I'm doing something to somebody that I feel I would feel triggered if they did to me. Right. Or just, just the area of creating paths of self accountability. That's really hard. It's like, um, you know, for anybody that you probably have worked with, like when, when it comes to performance reviews, that happens a lot in many companies, right? How many people actually enjoy those conversations because ah. actually sitting in those hearing of he feedback from your boss, they may be good. They may be bad. Right. But it's like, but it's yeah. much like holding a mirror up and then someone pointing out, well, you got a pimple there and you got a blemish over here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's uncomfortable. I remember as a kid, they'd have parent teacher conferences, which I dreaded. because school was not easy for me. I was, I was very good at the creative stuff, but when it came to history and science and, and math, I naturally just had aversion to it. And I could do well in those things, but only by blood, sweat, and tears, Mm -hmm. very simple things in those subjects by blood, sweat, and tears. And it was, my parents are both very, uh, academically, uh, like advanced. And so uh, it was hard for them too, for me to not be that way. Right. And, um, I remember having just this anxiety and dread when parent teacher conferences came up 
And then when I was in some fifth or sixth grade, they started doing parent-teacher conferences where the kids would show up with your parents. So we had to go. Uh, and I remember being in such dread about this yeah, all the time. But there was this one time when this one teacher whose class I was not doing well, and I think I had a C or something or B minus, and I wasn't doing well, and I knew the teacher hated me. I just, I just felt it. And we went and we sat down, and I remember at that time in my life, it felt like life or death to sit in those rooms. Mm. And he had all the most nice, the kindest things to say about me. And he was just like, you know, I think she really can bring her score up at least to a B plus. I think she can do like it was. And I, I remember just sitting there in shock, like <laughs> what? And so as we're comparing, the, you know, this experience to the mountain, when we're looking at that mountain that is meeting yourself it's not that you have to do a hard climb all the way up. Sometimes yeah. you're going to meet with some beautiful thing, some beautiful assistant. Sometimes you're going to meet with maybe a little angel or birdie that comes and just lifts you up a little higher. So you don't yeah. have to do some of the summit. And yeah. you know, there's, it's not all, I think on first sight meeting yourself is scary and, and there's scary parts, but it's, it's not always all that way. Yeah, I like that you bring in that there are partners along the way, right? That and to not re really what I'm getting from is don't be afraid to ask for help, you know? Yes. Yeah, and ask for support. So I want to le leave people with something a little more uplifting. And yeah. uh, not that our talk, I think was very, you know, not uplifting, right. but you know, yeah. uh, just to leave on a somewhat high note, uh, I think people are going to be curious about healing. I'm curious about healing. What does healing look like from all yeah. this? And yeah. healing, not just uh, for one community, healing for everybody. Okay, uplifting. So, though on first sight and though in your engagement with, with healing that which is causing you pain or causing a community pain, the engagement, uh, the, your first engagements are going to be hard. Yeah. It, healing is not a, always a uh, healing, rebalancing is not always a, a pretty, as a matter of fact, it's often not a, a pretty process, a fun process, a, a welcoming process. However, when you can do it with like-minded individuals, when you can uh, find your people, find your tribe, whatever that looks like to you, when you can find pacing that makes sense to you and uh, guidance, uh, elders, godmothers, coaches, healers, when you can, uh, community, when you can do it with people, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. And right now, if what you're looking for is to rebalance and to reheal, find your, find your people. Yeah. Now is the time to find your community. It's, Finding your community in and of itself is healing. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, this is the uplifting part. Your people are looking for you right now. They always have been, but in this accelerated charged time when the world is dying off and a new world is being birthed, everyone is looking for their people. Everyone, they're looking for you. Mm. And you will find them if, you, if you're open to them finding you and, and you set clearly, like, I, I want to, to uh, find this community. I want to heal with them. I want to build with them you will find them probably quicker than you may have two, three years ago because we're in accelerated times. 
Yeah. What can people do to start finding their people? Like what's the, if they're, if they're hearing this and they're thinking, I'm either curious, I want to hear more, or I'm ready to do this. Like what's the one thing, a small step they can take? If they want to, if they, okay. Um, well, honestly, get really clear on what you stand for and what's important to you. Hmm. Get, get really clear on, on as much of what you know of, of who you know you are right now and yeah. live it. Yeah. You have to be a beacon uh, for, you have to kind of be a lighthouse. Yeah. You got to look for your people, but you also have to be a lighthouse mm-hmm. so they can find you. That would be the easiest thing to do right now, to just claim who you are. Yeah. In my own practice, if somebody came to me with that question, they went to work with me, it would be work with your spirit and your ancestors. Yeah. It, it'd be like just a little deeper than, than, you know, just, just saying what it is. It'd be do the spiritual, the spiritual work because ultimately you are, uh, and this is a message I say over and over again, we all have destiny. And by destiny, I don't mean like sword in the stone. I just mean that you're made by spirits and ancestors. You were born with purpose and nature and you have gifts and blessings that come with that nature and purpose that help you reach your fullest potential Mm. so so within that destiny you'll have spiritual family that is meant to help you that's meant to to embrace you and help you heal and so that's why i'm always and forever keep going back to start working with your spirits and ancestors yeah start that work it's the natural cycle of life whether you believe it or not it's the natural cycle is how we're made. Yeah. So that, that is, that's the longer answer. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And folks, I keep referring you back to this, but I think it's more relevant now than ever. Uh My very first episode with Kevin Bush around emotional intelligence, we did that episode because we had just fallen into a pandemic into a lockdown and many people were Uh, very, very stressed. And he talked a lot about starting with yourself, take care of yourself, center yourself, do what you need so that you are not always in a reactive mode. And I am relating that to the spiritual element of what you're talking about here. So thank you so much, Alexandra, Uh, for people who want to work with you, want to know more, just curious. I want to hear more about what your, you know, the ancestry work, they might be curious, like how can they get you know, how can they reach out to you or get in touch? Okay. You can always reach out to me on Facebook. I'm Alexander loves. I have Alexander loves page L O V E S. I also have my personal page, Alexander Lewis. It does say Alexander loves on it in small letters, but also Alexander Lewis, L E W I S. I always answer DMS. It just sometimes it takes me, especially these days, it takes me a little bit more time sometimes. Yeah. Um, my website is always open and running. It's Alexander loves dot com and i just opened my my courses for self-improvement and spirituality called the spiritual foundations library it is a tab on my website at alexanderloves.com it's not hard to find and the class that i'm teaching is coming up on july 5th mm-hmm. is working with your ancestors and spirit and we do things like creating these relationships and building altars and understanding who you really are in your spirit and claiming your divine rights and finding your spiritual family and all these things. The enrollment is ongoing. It's a class that will always be there. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about this class is starting July 5th, there will be a series of live classes that go with oh, okay. the course where people can come and ask me questions. And so I want to fill that class to at least 50 people. It's starting to fill up now. Now I think I have 
room for about 40, 40 more. And we're a month away. Everybody signs up in the last two weeks. So yeah. we're about a month away. Um, and the early bird is going on until June 14th. That is the best way. Uh, that is, that is the best way to come work with me, especially, especially I want to be real about this. Some of us are on a budget, yeah. right? So, so this course is, you're getting a lot of material and access to work closely with me and you can split pay, you yeah. know, you can split the payments up. If you want to do deep one-on-one -on -one work, my one-on-one -on -one sessions are, are online. I do deep dive sessions and, and we really get into it and we do Zoom, reco Zoom recording so you can keep the recording and keep serving yeah. you for months months on. But that's, that's the best way. My website, Alexandra Loves, or seek me out on Facebook. Great. Thank you so much. And folks, uh, all the contact information and links are around this page. I would love to hear your thoughts. And because this episode is around healing, I would encourage you all to share thoughts that are constructive. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but uh, let's keep some of the criticisms out for this one, because this one really is my intention to help people process through this in a way that's constructive, in a way that's helpful for each other. And really this is about self-care. So as you think about what you need for yourself, think about what your, how your words can impact others as well. Um, again, uh, drop me a note privately too, if you have some other thoughts, but again, please reach out to Alexandra if you want to explore more of the spiritual side of this yeah. um, journey. And thank you so much again. And uh, guys, people, women, uh, stay, stay tuned and subscribe. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you.